What's happening, everybody? On today's show, we'll get you caught up on the latest news going on around, around the conference. Sam Pittman talks about being on the hot seat. Zach Arnett on Mississippi State injuries and some early notes ahead of Georgia, Florida. Locked on SEC starts right now. You are locked on SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And what's happening, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. It's great to have you guys along. Today's episode is brought to you by Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use our promo code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy at Prize Picks. I'm Chris Gordy. Thanks for making Locked On SEC your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. All right, let's jump into it. We've got plenty to discuss. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Around the conference. And we start over at Arkansas. As Sam Pittman talking on Monday for the first time since making a huge change in relieving his OC Dan Enos of his duties. Pittman said he still thinks very highly of Dan Enos. Previously worked at Arkansas under Brett Bielema, but Things just didn't work out this go-round as the Hogs are on a six-game losing streak. Sam Pippen saying, Dan's a really good football coach. We just didn't click in the system. Veteran starter K.J. Jefferson was expected to be one of the best quarterbacks in the SEC this year, but uh, that was not the case in this Enos offense. Sam Pippen saying, we have to take some of the things off of K.J.'s plate. He's not playing fast, and he's not as accurate throwing the football as he has been in the past. So Pittman will turn to Kenny Guyton as the new play caller and quarterbacks coach. Pittman saying, since yesterday I've gotten a bunch of calls about the OC job. I don't have time for that right now. Obviously, if Kenny does well, that would put him in the conversation for the job next season. But we will see Arkansas off this week. They'll be back in action in week 10, taking on Florida in Gainesville. Now, Pittman Insisted he really isn't worried about his job. Of course, hot seat rumors starting to heat up with his name and, uh, you know, fans calling to fire him and whatnot. He said that he's more worried about the damn state of Arkansas. He said, I'm the only one who can change it, and we're going to work like hell to get it done. Now, some people dug into the specifics of Sam Pittman's buyout. He agreed to a new contract in the spring of 2022. Of course, uh, negotiated by his agent, Jimmy Sexton, and includes retention bonuses to be paid at specific times in the contract. If Sam Pittman were fired at the end of this year, Arkansas would owe him for four more years of salary at $5 million a year and retention bonuses that would increase to a pool of about $22 million. But he would not receive all that money because it's not fully guaranteed. So, um, anyway, we'll cross that bridge if we have to get there, but... Sounds like, you know, look, Sam Pittman's done a good job. At least, like, the losses have been competitive. They've had, you know, five of those six losses have been by one score. It's not like the team's completely quit on them. But, uh, again, Racerbacks will travel to Florida after their open date this week. And, uh, you know, look, they'll play FIU down the stretch. they got some winnable games. So, see what happens to Arkansas down the road. Over at Mississippi State. Zach Arnett and the Bulldogs dealing with some injuries. Of course, Will Rogers did not play in their game against Arkansas last week. 
suffered that shoulder injury in the Western Michigan game. On Monday, Zach Arnett said, Will Rogers, like most of the players on their roster, are a little banged up. Rogers is day-to-day and being evaluated, according to Zach Arnett, through five games this year. Senior quarterback has 10 touchdowns, four picks, 1,200 passing yards. Arnett said, Will's progressing just like we expect. If he's able to go, he'll go this week. If not, he will not. That goes for any other guy on this team. We have several days to evaluate, see his progress in practice, and make a determination there. Uh, Mike Wright did a pretty good job leading the Bulldogs to a 7-3 win over Arkansas. Zach Arnett saying it was Mike's first game playing that many snaps here. He had some good plays. He had some uh, he's not going to be happy about on his interception. Uh, the whole shot is there, but you can't hesitate in that co- in that coverage. Uh, but he said the way the game was going, you're going to be a little bit more conservative in your play calling. You don't want to make a mistake deep in your own territory. Give the opponent some momentum. Uh, Bulldogs 4-3 and three on the season. They will host or take on Auburn this Saturday on the SEC Network. Speaking of Auburn, Hugh Freeze talking to the media this week and uh, you know, two-quarterback system. Still kind of a thing. We're seeing both quarterbacks play uh, still, but relying still on Peyton Thorne as the primary passer, Robbie Ashford as the primary runner. On Monday, Ufri's talked about juggling both quarterbacks. He said they're doing two different things, truthfully, in the packages. Whether that's smart or not, I don't know. we got to figure that out. We obviously think it is or have thought it is, but when they're doing two different things, I don't think that's an issue. They're really confident what they do. Here's your package. Get really confident with that. It's not like we're asking one to go do the whole game plan right there. But uh, Hugh Freeze and Auburn have struggled on the offensive side of the ball this year, and uh, they had several chances in that game against Ole Miss on Saturday, but some blown play calls led to three and outs, turnovers. And Hugh Freeze talked about the game day management, who's responsible for calling plays and whatnot. He said offense quarter Philip Montgomery is still the primary play caller. He said, quote, Monty's calling the plays. I obviously have some input. I'm never one to sit here and place blame on coaches. It's a combination. It's all of us that I listen to the plan and evaluate it. But it's harder for me than I thought with the verbiage and stuff to be really involved with every area. I paid a lot of attention to tight red zone. We've been pretty good in the red zone at times, but we're not getting there to find out if our plans are really good or not. But it's a combination. But Monty is the play caller currently. So, you know, should you freeze take over play calling duties? That's what some Auburn fans have argued about. But uh, Auburn has a game that, you know, could be very winnable against Mississippi State. After that, they will take on Vandy and Arkansas. So some winnable games coming up on Auburn's schedule. But uh, Hugh Freeze sharing his optimism about Auburn and the fan base. He said, look, I know it speaks volumes for our incredible fans at Jordan-Hare. I continue to be amazed at our great home environment. I know they've endured disappointing years, and they're certainly in the growing pains with us right now, but their energy and their support can't say enough about that or them. He said, well, there are certainly bumps in the road, and people make of those what they will. That's you guys, us fans. Everybody makes of it what they will, but they are temporary, and the time is coming when people will sense what Auburn truly is. I'm thankful for that. I'm a firm believer uh, we can get this thing going. So we'll see what happens moving forward with Auburn and Hugh Freeze. Over at Tennessee, they're coming off another big loss this year. 
And uh, some similarities in both of their losses. The Vols dominated the first half against Alabama, but collapsed in the second half. And Tennessee came out strong out of the gate against Florida, but then went stagnant. On Monday, Josh Heupel talking about the two losses. He said, we got to start faster in the second half in both those ball games. The Florida one, obviously, was the first half. There's a lot of really good things on the video in the second half, too. At the end of the day, offense, defense, special teams, you got to operate as one. And we didn't do that at a high enough level. So Heupel and the Vols looking to correct their mistakes from the Alabama loss this weekend as they take on Kentucky. And of all defense, going to have to play hard to slow down Kentucky running back Ray Davis, who has 780 yards and eight touchdowns this season. Josh Heupel saying Monday, you got to stop him early at the line of scrimmage. Their offensive line, their tight ends are extremely physical, do a really good job getting a hat on a hat. We got to be violent. We got to be disruptive. We got to have integrity between all their different personnel groupings, the shifts, emotions, all of that. So we got to do a good job of communicating. On the other side of the ball over at Kentucky, Mark Stoops talked about uh, his defense and the challenge they're going to have facing the Vols offense, which of course has one of the better run games in the country. Mark Stoops saying, I think you've seen a lot of this the past couple of years, just their tempo creates problems, but I think they're very balanced. When you're looking for balance, you know you've heard me talk about a lot as a defensive coach, defending somebody that is exactly 50-50 right now. It's about as balanced as you can get. They have a very efficient offense. Very talented quarterback, Joe Milton, with a ton of experience. So uh, going to be a tough challenge for us. And one more note here over at South Carolina, Shane Beamer and the Gamecocks. They are uh, coming to a crossroads here in their season. Is this season going to be salvaged at 2-5? Third consecutive loss coming uh, this past week to Missouri. On Sunday, uh, Beamer told reporters that could be without multiple players in their game against Texas A&M this weekend. He had six players listed as questionable. Wide receiver Xavier Leggett has been by far the best wide receiver for South Carolina. He was hurt in the Missouri game. Um, he's been bagged up. Amarian Brown is another receiver for Spencer Radler. But the uh, the other three players mentioned by Beamer were O-Lineman, and that could be an issue going up against the Aggies of Texas A&M. But uh, that is... That, we'll get some more news and notes going on around the conference in just a second. But thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. I want to remind you, this episode is presented to you by our friends over at LinkedIn Jobs. Look, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you got access to all the best qualified candidates available, and that's why you got to go check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. they got simple tools like screening questions. It's going to make it easy for you to focus on the candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you want to interview and hire. Look, the holiday season is upon us. A lot of people like to hire seasonal help or just get a new help for the new year. And uh, LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you do that. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires against leading competitors. And LinkedIn Jobs is going to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Go post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. That's linkedin.com slash college. Go post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Rolling along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys for making us your first listen every day. Shout out to our everydayers as well. I want to remind you guys on Fridays, 
You can catch the Locked On College Football Live show. Got that uh, preview in the entire college football landscape, all the biggest games. Uh, here we're talking mostly just the SEC, but there they're talking the whole college football landscape. You can check that out on any of the Locked On College YouTube channels out there. All right, we got to dive back into it because there is a lot of stuff going on around the conference. We hit on some of it already, but uh, as we dive back into it, the uh, let's jump into with the Florida Gators because uh, Billy Napier and company, they got a lot going on this week as, uh, look, they've been leaning heavily on their quarterback play. Graham Mertz has come in and been a godsend so far for Billy Napier, and Napier talked this week about Graham Mertz's quarterback as they prepare for Georgia this coming Saturday. He said, I think what we learned is our quarterback's a very capable player. I think when given the opportunity, if we can protect him, if we can create separation, if we can win individual matchups, we got a good design play, he can get it to the right guy. And Napier said he's seen players around Mertz get better as well. He said, I do think we're steadily improving around him. I think the freshman tight ends are growing up. The continuity in the offensive line has helped us. I think we're getting some pretty good receiver play each week. But overall, if you're going to move the ball in this league, it takes every position has got to do their part. So I think playing well at quarterback is certainly a big part of the puzzle. If you're going to put this thing together, I think the key is going to be that we play well around the quarterback. Florida looking for a big upset of Georgia this weekend. Of course, a traditional game in Jacksonville on Saturday. Georgia looking for a third straight win over the Gators. And on the Georgia th- side of things, Kirby Smart, he had high praise for Graham Mertz this week. He said, look, they've played their best football probably the last two weeks or so. You look at the statistics of their quarterback, he's probably maybe the number one quarterback in the country for a couple of games in terms of the way he's played. Until he's got a lot of confidence in their offense and their system, they're able to execute, do a lot of things with him. He handles it well. He's done a good job of not putting them in harm's way in his decision-making. So Georgia's defense going to have their hands full with Florida's offense, which is much, much improved this year. Now, as for Georgia, their offense, they are, of course, living life without Brock Bowers, but Oscar Delp maybe stepping up. Sophomore tight end, stepping up to replace Bowers, and um, Delp has had 13 catches for 160 yards and two touchdowns this season. Kirby Smart said this week, look, Oscar Delp's been fine. We're not asking him to do anything different than he's normally done, nor anybody on the team. Brock Bowers, he's been at walkthroughs. He's been out there with the team some of the last week, some of it at different times. He uh, added he's not going to add any further comment about the timetable for Bowers' recovery, but, of course, it's been reported the typical timeline for a tightrope surgery has been four to six weeks. Smart saying, I'm not going to focus on that right now. I think that's all speculation. Most important thing right now is our guys getting prepared for Florida. But as for Oscar Delp, he said, look, I think being around Darnell Washington and Brock Bowers last year was a great learning tool for Oscar uh, because from the side of, of being – a wide and physical blocker. He got to see Darnell and be around Darnell and see how Brock did things as well. Uh, but he says growth has been good. Lastly, with uh, Georgia, Kirby Smart said they're not dwelling on their long win streak that they have or going for a three-peat. He said, I don't think about that kind of stuff a lot. He said, what consumes me is how we're going to gain a guard or how we're going to do this in this situation, what we're going to do at practice can't speak for every kid on the team, but the focus is not on the wins and losses of the games or streaks or anything like that. He said, I say it all the time. This thing's going to come to an end. Uh, I've been a part of a lot of win streaks. It's going to come to an end at some point. When it does, we'll worry about the next game. 
Don't think you could be consumed with that thought process or think that way. Uh, Georgia has controlled the last two meetings against Florida, but the game always seems to be one that, you know, it's always up for grabs. And Kirby Smart saying Monday, welcome to the SEC. Every game is going to be a rivalry game when you get into the SEC. They're all tough games. This one's unique because of where it's played. Be a new experience for some of our guys, but you forget about that after the whistle blows and you kick it off and go out there and play. Now, Billy Napier, he had a similar message to his players. He said, this is one of those games that you as a competitor look forward to being a part of. Obviously, a ton of history and tradition here. I think we worked hard to educate our players about the importance of this game and the history behind it. In other SEC news, over at Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin talking about the comparisons of this team with his 2021 team. Of course, the 2021 team started the season 3-0, had a loss to Alabama, then a three-game win streak, and where the Rebels are. They're 6-1, and one, just like they were that year. Now, Lane Kiffin saying this week, he said, when you have games like the one against Alabama, you hit adversity. You see those types of things and how players react to it. But he said, uh, everyone says they're in right away uh, when it comes to adversity. He said, it's kind of like life. When adversity happens, what do you really do when things aren't going your way? That's where I think this team has been very different. So, Ole Miss played a Close one at Auburn last week, won at 28-21, and uh, now they prepare for their next challenge, hosting Vanderbilt this Saturday. Uh, Kiffin did address their struggles uh, they've faced on third down conversions this season. On, on seven games so far played, the Rebels are 32 of 89 on third down conversions on offense. That's just 36%. He said, look, it's a combination of a lot of things, missed blocks, protection. It's in the way we call plays and stuff, which at this point isn't a secret anymore. We didn't execute, beat man-to-man certain things. If you don't beat man-to-man and protect long enough, make accurate throws, put all that together, you're going to have third-down struggles. Again, we'll see if uh, Ole Miss can continue on their win streak this weekend hosting Vanderbilt. Over at LSU, they're on their bye. Of course, a monster game coming next week against Alabama. And uh, Brian Kelly joined Paul Feinbaum on Monday, giving an early thought on Alabama. He said, look, we start with the obvious, obvious, just a very well-coached football team in all three phases. I think the quarterback in Milrow is much more comfortable in their offensive structure. Clearly now at a point where he's going to take shots down the field. Coach Reese has done a great job of laying things out. Defensively, this is probably the best defense that we'll see in our time. Talent-wise, AM rivals them, but I think defensively, the structure and what Coach Steele does is outstanding so we know what's in front of us. This is an outstanding football team. Coach Saban certainly has his team playing very, very well. It's going to be a great football game in Tuscaloosa next week. Now, as for Alabama, Nick Saban and the Tide, fresh off their win over Tennessee. Nick Saban talking about what they're going to do during their bye week. He said, this week is about correcting. It's about doing quality control on what you've done, see if there's some tendency or something that you would add or subtract that would create more balance in doing what you do. But uh, a week of self-evaluation for next day. But don't let them fool you, though. They're going to be looking at film on LSU. They're not waiting until next week to do that. All right, over at Texas A&M, Edgerin Cooper having a big breakout season for the Aggies this year, 45 tackles and six sacks. On Monday, Jimbo Fisher at high praise for Edgerin Cooper, saying it's his eyes. He's looking at the right things. He's triggering on the right things, playing with a lot more consistency. And he's trusting himself. The hardest person for a player to trust is himself. Guys have to grow into that, but he's doing a great job with his eyes. He can really run, and he will hit you. 
So uh, Edger Cooper will see if he continues having a fantastic year there. Well, no, another guy, uh, the linebacker sp- spot, Torian York, having a nice season. Fisher said they've really complimented each other. Knock on wood, they'll continue to do so over these last five games. But Texas A&M looking to back, get back into the win column, playing South Carolina this coming weekend. And there you have it. That's the latest news going on around the conference. Coming up next, we'll get to your SEC Players of the Week and a little glance ahead to the TV schedule for next week in the conference. That's coming your way in just a sec. want to remind you guys this episode presented to you by our friends over at Prize Picks. Look, if you haven't checked them out yet, go do it right now. You can uh, either go to their website or you can download the app and, you know, just Search Price Picks, download it, and listen to this while you're waiting uh, for the app to download. Price Picks, the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way for you to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. And instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections, and you will watch the winnings roll in. Prize picks, they offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discount select pro- player projections up to 25% to provide you even more value. They now offer Apple Pay for quick and easy deposits into your account throughout this football season. And they offer quick withdrawals as well. Easy gameplay and an enormous selection of players and stat types are what make Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. Go to their website right now. It is prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use that code locked on college. That will get you a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Use the promo code locked on college, and that will get you that uh, first deposit match up to $100. And it is Prize Picks, it is daily fantasy sports made easy. Go check them out today, guys. Going along here, Locked On SEC. Thank you guys so much for making us your first listen every day. And uh, as we dive back into it, it was an exciting week for uh, SEC play in Week 8. So before we fully turn the, the page over to SEC Week 9, we look back a little bit at the offensive, defensive, heck, all the players of the week this week in the conference. Uh, Cody Schrader, he was the conference's offensive player of the week after a huge game against South Carolina. He rushed for a career-high 159 yards and a couple of touchdowns in the win over the Gamecocks. Uh, Meanwhile, defensively, Mississippi State's Nathaniel Watson. He was one of the co-defensive players of the week following a season-high 14 tackles and two tackles for a loss in their defensive win over Arkansas. Uh, Alabama's Jihad Campbell was the uh, other co-defensive player of the week, dominant game against Tennessee, had a career-high 10 tackles, had a scoop and score off Joe Milton, so he was outstanding. Alabama kicker Will Reichert, he was the special teams player of the week, scored 10 total points in the win over the Vols, two field goals from 42 yards and 50 yards. He just doesn't miss this year, guys. Other SEC players of the week, 
Missouri's Javon Foster was the conference's offensive lineman of the week, did not allow a sack against South Carolina, was the greatest, uh, highest-graded offensive lineman in that game. Ole Miss's Cedric Johnson was the D lineman of the week, had one-and-a-half sacks against Auburn. Centurion Perkins was the co-freshman of the week after the Ole Miss linebacker had five tackles, including a tackle for a loss. And LSU running back Trey Holly was the other co-freshman of the week, and he had 91 yards in his debut for LSU. And before we get out of here, guys, the SEC coming out with their kickoff times and TV assignments for games coming up next week. So this will be November 4th, and it will be a doubleheader for the SEC on CBS. They will televise Mizzou at Georgia. That'll be in the 3.30 Eastern slot, followed by LSU at Alabama, 6.45 Central kick. Kind of a weird time there. But Missouri, they're the latest dark horse. Trying to win the SEC East, and they could do so with a win over Georgia, but they got to go to Athens to do it. Uh, Kentucky, they've kind of been that team in recent years, but now Mizzou has a chance to pull off the big upset over Georgia. And, of course, LSU and Alabama, basically the rights to be in the driver's seat in the SEC West. Of course, Ole Miss beat LSU head-to-head, only has the one loss, but Ole Miss still has to play Georgia. They lose that game, then uh, LSU beats Alabama. LSU is going to be in a great spot to go to Atlanta. But Alabama, they just got their revenge game against Tennessee. Now they're going to have their revenge game against LSU, perhaps, if they can pull that off. But the other games next weekend, uh, the Saturday SEC Network triple header will feature UConn at Tennessee in the early game, Auburn at Vanderbilt in the afternoon window, and then that weird quote-unquote rivalry that nobody really Thinks is a rivalry. Kentucky at Mississippi State. That'll be the night game on the SEC Network. Other games that weekend include 11 a.m. kickoffs for Texas A&M at Ole Miss. That should be a good one. And uh, Arkansas at Florida as well. So those are all coming up next week on November 4th. Thank you guys so much for making Locked on SEC your first listen every day. Again, shout out to our everydayers. Keep on coming back and checking us out every day. We'll get you caught up on the latest news going on around the conference and uh, all the SEC tidbits you guys need. We'll be back with you tomorrow talking all things SEC football. I'm Chris Gordy. Again, you guys have a great day. Subscribe if you haven't. Check us out on YouTube. Find us wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a five-star review if you're really feeling funky. And, uh, again, You guys have a great day. We'll talk to you tomorrow.